0: Ephesians chapter 4. We have been preaching through, teaching through my favorite passages, but today we're going to take a little sidestep, and I want to assure you that this is not one of my favorite passages. (laughs) And as we get into it, you might be able to have a little pain with me as I have received correction uh, in preparation for this message. I want to thank all of you for your response to our messages on sowing and reaping and I don't know where we're going with that. God will tell me, all I want you to know is that I pray consistently for your financial help, encouragement, well-being. I pray that the Lord will bless your business, your customers, when, they bless, when they're blessed, that they will be a blessing to you. You say, Pastor, is the church blessed? Are you and Dina blessed? When you are. When you corporately are. We don't do the deal where uh, you just have a group of people that go out and if the funds are short, they just go to the bank and borrow money and we won't do that. So I pray mightily And consistently for your blessing. And all of those who are in ministry who are listening to our CDs online, again, I say you ought to stop beating your people up about money and start praying God to bless them. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 and following follow right along with me please this I say therefore and testify in the Lord everybody say this with me before we go any farther hold your Bible in your hand if you're looking at it on your electronic device just put your hand on that and say this with me mighty God in the name of Jesus I hereby declare that this is your word given by your spirit preserved by your spirit now open my heart to receive what you would have me to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. We praise the Lord for this service. As you can tell, the Holy Spirit's in charge, not me. And I thank you, praise team, for being so flexible. They had no clue I was gonna spring that on them. And we praise the Lord for his ministry among us today. Verse 17, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the, in the futility of their mind. Now understand that the term Gentiles here is being used as non-believers. Those who have not come into saving relationship with the Lord Jesus. So let's read that again. I say and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the unbelievers walk in the futility of their mind. Everybody say it with me. If I try to run my life, On the basis of my mind, I will be futile. Do you know what futility is? If you are trying to operate life through the realm of your mind, you have gotten out of the spirit into your soul. Your soul is your personality. It is your mind, your volition, your will, and your emotions. What do you mean by that? Are you trying to figure out relationships? Are you trying to figure out your future? Are you trying to determine the course of your life? Are you trying to get meaning and purpose through the realm of your mind? Are you trying to determine your direction through the realm of your mind? If you are, then you're like me when I do that. We are no different than the world. Even unbelievers try to do that through their mind, and the word says here, that is futile. It is disappointing. It is, it is so full of fatigue, it will wear us down. So if I begin to try to determine my direction, if I try to figure out my meaning and purpose, if I try to get everything how, how it's, it should be worked out in my mind, I am going to get into futility. And I sure can't figure anybody else out. I can't even figure me out. Can you? So why don't we have a prayer today and you lead, uh, let me lead you in it. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, Keep me from operating life out of the realm of my mind. May I process my life through the Holy Spirit who lives in me, who teaches me, who guides me, who tells me the truth. Hallelujah. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Having, verse 18, the futility of the mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. you got somebody you're praying will be saved? Ask the Lord to remove the scales. Ask God to do what he did for Lydia in the book of Acts. And the Lord opened her heart so that she could believe. Blinded mind. Who being past feeling, verse 19, here's where a blinded mind in living out of the futility of your mind, letting life be processed through your mind rather than through worship, through the Word, through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. What happens is we give ourselves over to the lewdness that is, that which is filthy and nasty, to work all uncleanness with greediness. It's all about me. But you have not so learned Christ, verse 21, and indeed, if you have heard him, Christ, verse 21, and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. How's Jesus going to tell you the truth? Jesus said, I'm going to go to the Father, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and he is the Spirit of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can't get there through Hindu." You can't get there through Buddha. You can't get there through Islam. It's either true or it's not true. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and you can't get to the Father any other way. This is not about being politically correct. It is about making a stand whether it is true or not true. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can't even be a follower of Jesus if you don't believe that. He either lied or he told the truth. The truth is in Jesus. In fact, Jesus said in John eight forty four 44, to those who were filled with religion, they were Pharisees, they were religious professionals, he said, you are of your father the devil. He is a liar and the father of lies. How many of you know that religion as it operates apart from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, religion can be full of lies and deception. Well, Jesus, we should be praying. I I pray this all the time. Lord, help me to see any area of my thinking that is in that private corner of my mind Where I process my thoughts, show me anything that is not lined up with the truth. How many of you know that is not a once and for all prayer? You've got to make adjustments on that every day. Because we're all subject to error. Every one of us. And I will say again, if you ever find somebody or start following somebody that never admits weakness or error, you better get away from them. Notice he says, the truth is in Jesus, verse 22, and that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, that is who you used to be apart from Christ, which grows corrupt. How many of you know something is not growing if it's incapable of expressing itself? At the cross, God saw it this way. That all that I am and all that you were was in Jesus Christ. And our whole life apart from Him was crucified and rendered powerless. It was buried. And we have been raised up with Christ to walk in, a new, in, in new life. Old things passed away and all things have become new. I've been crucified with Christ according to the Word of God. Nevertheless, I live. Galatians 2.20 Yet it's not I, but Christ who lives in me. Romans 6, 6, our old man was crucified with him. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. I am therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. So we need to stop processing life through our mind and start processing it through the truth of Jesus, through the Holy Scriptures, by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, verse 24, we will put on that new man that we already are, but we will put it on. It was created, according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Do you know that already in God's eyes you are righteous and holy? Read and meditate on Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 7. That's the way God sees you, is holy and righteous and blameless not because we always act like it. If you're like me, you fall short of it. But because that's the way God sees it in Christ Jesus. Would to God that all of us would begin to think the way that it really is in God's eyes. Therefore, verse 25. All right, hold your place right there, and I want you to look at verse 30, please. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What we're about to see in the scriptures are attitudes that I can develop that grieve the Holy Spirit. Everybody say it with me. Lord, don't let me do that. You want to grieve the Holy Spirit? Here's what grieves the Holy Spirit. This is the reason I told you to begin with. This is not one of my favorite passages. Does everybody understand my job is not to make you feel good? My job is to obey the Holy Spirit and feed the sheep what the, the head shepherd tells me to feed them. That's my, that's my job right there. I don't enjoy all my jobs as much as I do some of the others. But here we go. Therefore, putting away lying... Let each of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Why should we put away lying? Because Jesus is the what? The truth. When I lie, what does that do? Proverbs 6, 16 says, there are six things which the Lord hates. And then he names six things in verses 16 and 17 that the Lord hates. And a lying tongue is right up there close To the list everybody pray this with me Holy Spirit show me those areas where there's coming out of my mouth that which is not true why is that so important because God hates it number two it's the nature of Jesus and number three because if Jesus said John 8 44 remember what we just quoted You are of your father, the devil, he is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So if I lie, I'm acting like who? Oh, my. So lying is a big deal to the spirit of truth. It's a big deal to he who is the truth. Twenty-six. Be angry. Wow. Be angry. And yet do not sin. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. Wow. Is he talking to believers here or not? Yes or no? Can believers give a a place, a foothold, an opportunity for the devil. Absolutely. And one of the things that does it is if I am angry and I harbor that anger, I don't release it. Notice, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. It is okay to be angry about certain things. I got angry about two or three things this week, and the Holy Spirit had to remind me. That has to have a time limit, because there, there were some things that were righteous causes for anger. Even those things that are righteous causes for anger have got to have a time limit. Don't go to bed with them. You got issues with somebody else, a spouse, a child, a friend, a work associate, a customer, you need to release it before you go to bed. Release it. Do not let the sun, don't sleep on your, on your anger. Why? Because aged anger brews bitterness. And bitterness will destroy you. It will kill you. It will destroy your health. It will destroy your joy. It will destroy everything that's good in your life. Some of you And I don't know why I'm even saying this today. Some of you have carried anger a long time in a dark corner of your soul. You have anger toward a mother or a father or a brother or a sister or a spouse or a former spouse or a customer or a client or a child. I'm asking you right now to let the Holy Spirit shine the light of the truth into every dark corner. And would you be willing to say, Lord, for your sake, because you told me to, I hereby forgive and release them in the name of Jesus. It's okay to be angry about those things which make God angry, but even then you have to put a time limit on it or it will turn into bitterness. Those things grieve the Holy Spirit, lying, anger, give place to the devil. Verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. How many of you know that one of the main things God wants to see out of all of us Is that we are productive doing what our assignment is now that assignment may be taking care of your children or grandchildren it may be taking care of your home it may be it may whatever your assignment looks like you are to be engaged in the assignment God has given you it is right it is right it is scriptural for us as a society and as a church to take care of those who are disabled, who absolutely cannot be involved in productive work. It is wrong, it is eternally wrong for us to become entitled. For somebody else to always fix it, for somebody else to be our source of security, God wants us to be about what we have been assigned to do and have creative, productive work. Amen. What is that assignment? You say, well, I, I, my income's dependent on something. I'm not talking about your income. I am talking about every day. Would you say to the Lord, here I am, Lord, use me however you see fit. Instead of saying, Lord, fix it for me today, say, God, use me today however you see fit. Let me do those things that I have been called and assigned to do. You are just as called and as assigned to do the work of investment banking, of sales, of painting, of whatever God has called you to do, electrical work. You're just as assigned and called as I am. So be about, okay, God, would you please stop focusing on what you can't do and focus on what you can do? And let me say something else. It's not about what you can do. It's what about you should do. You can do a whole bunch of things. But is that what your assignment is from the Lord and the Spirit of God? Be productive. God, what is my assignment? Remember, you don't belong to yourself. You don't belong to the government. You belong to the one who bought you with the price of his own blood. Notice that we are to give to him who has need. So, what can I tell you? Are you listening? I told you this before. We ought to work for a giving, not for a living. What a dynamic change that would be, wouldn't it? Verse 29. Let no corrupt, that is rotten, twisted word, proceed out of your mouth. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Let no rotten, twisted word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. The word edification means building up. Edifying, encouraging, endorsing, energizing, affirming. Am I speaking words that are encouraging, affirming, endorsing, enabling? Here's what I want you to see today, church. This is the main thing God has put on my heart. Every one of us, every one of you, including me, we have a ministry. Do you know you have a ministry? Your ministry is a ministry of edification that it may do what? That it may impart grace. What is grace? Favor and ability. That it may, my words can impart favor and ability to those who hear You have a ministry of your mouth. It is to speak words of favor and ability, of grace, that that grace, listen, grace is imparted through your words. Why should that surprise us? Jesus said, make no mistake about it, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account of in the day of judgment. Oh my. By your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. Why? Because out of the, out of your heart your mouth speaks. Your mouth always reveals your heart. If there's anger in my heart, anger's going to come out my mouth. Notice what Proverbs 18:21 says, "Life and death are in the power of the tongue." Do you know you can kill your marriage or you can heal your marriage with your words? Do you know you can kill your children in their spirit or you can heal your children by your words? Your words have power in them. God created you in his image and likeness. We have a speaking God and he created you in his image and likeness. And he has given you the ability to impart grace. Favor and ability to those who would listen to you. Favor and ability. What an opportunity. What's our problem? I asked the Lord this week to show me what my filters were on my tongue. What are my filters? And I asked the Holy Spirit to remove any filter that was not the Spirit of God or the Word of God. Do you have a filter on your tongue? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it the Word of God that restrains you from saying certain things and affirms you to say other things? What kind of filter do we have on our tongue? Remember now, this is in conjunction with grieving the Holy Spirit. How do I... Is my filter unbelief? Do I really, truly believe the Word of God or does my tongue give me away? Am I really questioning whether or not He's going to take care of me or not? Do I say that I believe that the Lord is my shepherd but with my tongue I complain and I have fear that he is not going to provide for me. Do I really believe that the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus, that I can have communion through through a heart of faith and obedience in receiving the covenant benefits of the broken body and shed blood? Or do I believe my circumstances more than I believe the Word of God And do I have a filter of unbelief on my mind, my tongue? Do I speak out of a filter of shame and condemnation? Am I always talking about what a bad person I am? Am I always talking about my failures? Am I always talking about how I'm messing up? Do I still see myself through the image of, of those who criticized me when I was young. Is that image still what I'm looking through? Or am I looking by the Word of God to that image that I am seen in Jesus Christ as righteous and holy and blameless and loved and accepted through the Holy One by faith in His Word? Do I still operate in shame do I still believe that I got to do enough good things to offset the bad things so that somehow God will accept me can I tell you something you're never going to get there that way you can't ever do enough good things that God's going to accept you he's already decided to accept you in Jesus Christ why would you try to get him to feel a way that he already feels? The truth is our unbelief. Do I operate under the filter of anger and bitterness? You know, sometimes if we don't deal with our wounds, we can now allow wounds to remain open. Those wounds will cripple and eventually kill everything good in our life because bitterness is poison. And it grieves the Holy Spirit. It saps everything good and perfect out of our lives. And you know what it does? We think that if somebody has hurt us bad enough, that if we can just keep them trapped in our inner man, in our emotions, in our mind, that somehow we can make them pay. All the while, they're probably not giving you a thought. The only person who's paying when you keep somebody trapped in bitterness is you. God told us to forgive, not for their sake, for our sake. And he gives us the ability as an act of our will. He gives us the grace to do it, and we can't ever get there by feeling it. We can't get there by thinking or you've got to get there as an act of your will asking Jesus to give you the grace to do it and do it for His sake. What about this filter? What about coping substances? Are there substances that cause me to think and to say things that are not in line with the truth and the Word of God? Am I grieving the Holy Spirit because I have come under the influence of something from outside instead of that which is inside, the Spirit of God. You have a wonderful opportunity today to change course. Would you do what I've done this week? Would you ask the Lord to forgive you for grieving the Holy Spirit? I said, would you? Well, three of you will. I guess me and you three are the only ones. The rest of you must be doing all right. Would you join me in this prayer right now? Would you bow your heads? Holy Spirit, I am sorry for grieving you especially through my words, I ask you to forgive me in the name of Jesus. I receive that forgiveness based on your word that if I confess my sin, you are faithful to forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. So I receive my forgiveness today. Now help me, Holy Spirit. Put a filter on my mouth so that you will use me to speak words of encouragement, of affirmation, of endorsement, of edification, that you would use me to build up those you send me. Thank you that out of my mouth can come grace, your favor, and your ability. You know, some of the church, there's nothing beyond the grace of God. You can speak, you can start your ministry of impartation today. The Holy Spirit will impart through your words life. Encouragement. Grace. Would to God that we would stop our words of criticism and judgmentalism, negativism, and that we would be carriers of grace so that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom we were sealed for the day of redemption. Let's all stand. Would you just give the Lord in your own heart would you just say a prayer of faith of thanksgiving of whatever you need to do know today that dean and i are honored to be the lord's assistant shepherds in your life i love you i thank god all at all times for you i'm so proud of you i wouldn't trade you for anything or anybody or any sheepfold church in this world In our heart and in our soul. Now praise the Lord for what you are becoming. A mature church. A body who loves and cares. A body who will deal with their own stuff. A body who will not be judgmental or condemning. A body who will be open to the Holy Spirit, patient. patient with those who may irritate you, forgiving. Oh, how I praise the Lord for you today, church. You have no idea how you are indelibly in our souls. Some of you have asked me, did you have a good time off? Can I tell you something? There's a difference in being away and being off. I can be away, but I'm never off and I wouldn't have it any other way. That is a calling that I accepted a long time ago. I lift you up every day in my prayers, praying the scriptures over you. So many wonderful champions in the making here. I know some of you have a broken heart today. I know some of you are feeling wounded, rejected. I encourage you today to just spend a little bit of time in worship and prayer. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to comfort and encourage you, to heal you in the depths of your being. You are his dear son, you're his dear daughter. There's nothing about you that he rejects. He loves you. As much as he loves his own son, I proved that to you from the scriptures recently. God give all of these new strength, new hope. Heal their wounds. And I'm asking you to intervene from heaven in the atmosphere of the earth today and do something inside and outside to bring encouragement to these who are calling out to you. We thank you for the word of prophecy given here today. We thank you that that which we looked like died will live again and be multiplied. We thank you that dreams that appear to have been dashed are only developing in a deeper way. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you praise and honor and glory. And all the people said. Well, we'll see you next week. Thank you for being here.